Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Romans, we're going to be looking at chapter number 14, beginning that chapter and look at verse number 1 down through verse number 4. Paul begins to confront something. And the reason he confronts it is because there was some confrontation around the matter that he's discussing here. And we'll look at that here in just a moment. But in Romans chapter number 14 and verse number 1 down through verse number 4, the Bible says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubt disputations for one believeth that he may eat all things another who is weak eateth herbs let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth for God hath received him who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Paul is dealing with a, a matter that has come up in the church. Uh, the matter is that uh, there's an issue of the weaker brethren and those that are stronger. And what Paul's dealing with here and what he's began to deal with as we, even as we look down through some of the scriptures that we've been looking at, Paul is beginning to deal with our Christian liberty or religious liberty, if you will. He's beginning, he's dealing with the fact that just because one may feel this way about something does not mean that others have to feel that way about something. <clears throat> he's dealing with the fact that we don't need to impose on others those things that we think are maybe important to us doesn't mean they're not important to us. doesn't mean that we're not going to stand by what we believe. It just means that Paul was dealing with the fact that, as, as was said here in verse number 14, he said, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye. But then he makes the statement, he said, But not to doubtful disputations. There was, a, there was disagreements that was going on there. There were those Gentiles that had gotten saved, and they had gotten saved out of a very deep, steeped pagan religion. They were, they were, had been around idols all their life, and they saw the grace of God. They received the grace of God, and in doing so, 
they took themselves as far away from the things of idols as they could. They were not, they didn't want anything to do with anything that had to do with idols. The problem that was happening is some of the meat, some of the food that had been offered to those idols, some of those Jewish Christians understood their liberty in Christ. They understood that, those, that there was nothing to those idols. They understood that it was nothing. So they understood that the meat that had been offered to that idol really meant nothing. And they were taking that meat and they were consuming that meat. The Gentiles had a problem with that. And the reason they had a problem with it is because they were steering clear of anything that had anything to do with idols. And Paul was telling them, basically telling them that they did not need to judge one another. So basically, the subject we want to deal with tonight is that you and I need to avoid foolish judgments. And that's what Paul's dealing with here. They, they, they were foolish judgments. You and I understand from Scripture that we're not to judge each other to begin with. Uh, we're not to be judged of one another. But we understand that we definitely don't need to judge with foolish judgments. And if you want to see a lot of what was happening, a lot of what was going on, you can look over at 1 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse number 1 down through chapter number 10 and verse number 33. Paul deals with everything that's happening, everything that's going on. And he deals with it at length. But Paul's touching on that subject here. And you and I, one, one of the things that you and I believe as a believer is that we have liberties in Christ. We have been, we have been set free. We are not bound. And let me be plain here. I'm not talking about things that are explicit in Scripture. Things that are clear in Scripture. And I'm not talking about things that people have applied Scripture to, but applied Scripture out of context to. There are, there are Scriptures, in fact, uh, one of the big things, I guess, that would be a Scripture that someone would throw out there today is, we're not to have markings, we're not to carve ourselves, or we're not to have markings. And they take that Scripture... And they apply that to, man, it's, it's a wicked thing if you go get a tattoo. Now, I'm not telling everybody to go to the tattoo shop. I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying is those scriptures are taken out of context. That's the context of that scripture. That's, that's not, it's not explicitly clear that it's talking about and telling us as a child of God that we're not to go get a tattoo. So, therefore, it's not right for you and I to look on others that do that 
and say, you're just going contrary to the scriptures. If things are plain in scripture, God is a plain and, and clear. I'm married to my wife. My wife is married to me. Because we have entered into a covenant relationship with each other and we have coveted together our, our love for one another, it would be wrong for me to go be with someone else or it would be wrong for her to do so. And that's plain in Scripture. Those things are plain. They're, they're just black and white. You don't have to worry about those. You don't have to question those. But what was going on in this particular passage of Scripture is that meat that was being offered to idols. And Paul was telling them because some of them were, were telling the Jewish believers that if you do that, you're just not right with God. And you and I have been around long enough and we've been in enough places that we know that some standards get placed on people and get put on people that are not a biblical standard. They are, they are a preference and they are an opinion. They even may be an opinion of what they think the scripture says. But you and I have Christian liberty. And if, if we are understanding Scripture correctly, then we know that there's some things that other people may mandate upon people that are not true biblical convictions. Uh, there, are, there are certain things that are, have been passed down through the centuries that uh, for for the biggest part, someone would say, why do you do this? And I, someone would say, we do this because the preacher said we're supposed to do this. Oh, we need to understand the scriptures. We need to know what the scriptures say. Uh, so in light of that, we've been instructed that there are some things that you and I are to do as the children of God to keep from entering into foolish judgments upon one another. There was judgments with the Jews and the Gentiles, even in this matter, there were judgments going both ways. And Paul clears all that up. He tells us that one of the things that we're supposed to do in verse number 2, we are commanded to recognize our Christian brother. Verse number two, it said, For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. But in that we're commanded to recognize, it says, For one believeth. He's talking about here that we're, uh, even there in verse number one, he said, He that is weak in the faith, receive ye. You and I need to understand and we need to recognize in light of all that's going on, we need to recognize each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that would solve a lot of disputations or a lot of battles if we recognize each other for who we are. Not only who we are, but whose we are. You and I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And because of that, we need to recognize our brothers and sisters in Christ. And just because that brother or sister in Christ does not believe or think or do exactly like we do does not mean they're wrong and we're right. It does not mean that they're right and we're wrong. And, and again, I'm talking about those things that are not explicitly clear in Scripture. And that's what Paul's dealing with here. The focus on in these verses, when you look at these verses, the focus in these verses is on the weaker brother. And it's on the weaker brother because the weaker brother is easily offended. Now, you and I know that we, we're not to be offended. We're not to let things bother us. But there are those that are weaker. The, the, the situation that was going on here, the Gentile brethren were weaker in the faith. They had not yet understood the liberties they had in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, Paul tells us in another place, he said, if eating meat offend my brother, I'll eat no meat. But Paul understood at the same time, he had the liberty to eat that meat. So what I'm saying is this, we need to recognize each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And just because we do not agree on everything does not take away from the fact that you and I are in Christ. And if we recognize ourselves as family, the family of God, then if we deal with each other in that case, it we're all whole lot more gentle with each other and it may be you may try to explain your position or they may try to explain their position but it we need to recognize that we are family we need to recognize that we are in Christ we're connect, we're commanded to recognize that we are Christian brethren but not only that we are cautioned to receive our Christian brother. Our Christian brother may be weaker in the faith. We're cautioned to receive them. It's almost, I can't help but to think about uh, maybe our own brothers and sisters that we have physically in the flesh. And, and there are times that I have looked at, I have two sisters and there are times in I hope they don't listen to this, but, but they probably feel the same way about me. There are times that I've looked at them and thought, you're an idiot. And they probably looked at me and said the same thing. Uh, but we recognize that we're part of the same family. And we recognize if they're weaker in the faith, those people that are born again, those people that... that the demonstration of the working of the Holy Spirit of God is in their life. Those people that are weaker in the faith, we are to receive them. We're not only to recognize them as our brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're to receive them. In fact, 
the Bible tells us in another place, even if we have a brother that have been, has been overtaken in a fault. The Bible tells us, ye who are stronger, restore such a one. So we're taught everything when it comes to our relationship with God. It is not, it is not, they're down, now let's beat them to death. It is not, they're down, now let's kick them. Everything with God and everything that deals with Scripture is a matter of restoration. All of us have things in our life, in our family life, going on around us that are... We, we don't have to look very far to understand none of us are perfect and neither are those that are around us. And we're to bear one another's burdens in that case. We're to recognize they are family. We're to recognize they are a brother or a sister in Christ. And we're cautioned not only to recognize who they are, but to receive them. To, to take them in. Some people would like to say, let's shun this brother in Christ that is weaker. But that's not what we're supposed to do. Why would they do that? Why, why, would, why would they, why would these people, why, the ones that Paul are, are, is talking to, why would they have wanted to shun the weaker? Because the weaker brother, actually many times the weaker brother comes with all kinds of hang-ups. They think this way and they think that way and and what has a tendency to happen is that weaker brother one who's not been long in the walk of faith one who has not been long in the word of God one who is a novice that weaker brother because they are weaker, because they don't have the knowledge of the scripture that the older brother or the, the stronger brethren have, they tend to swing the pendulum way over here. And that's basically what the Gentiles were doing in this particular instance. They had been over here in sacrificing to idols. They had been in that pagan religion. And when they got saved, they realized the fallacy so much of that pagan religion, they did not take that pendulum and bring it back to the center where it belonged, but they swung it way over here. And they began to put standards around themselves that were not biblical standards doesn't mean that the standard that they had for themselves was totally wrong. Maybe they needed that in order to keep them from getting back over here. Maybe they needed to be over here for a period of time. But in doing so, they have these hang-ups. And what the tendency is most of the time with weaker brethren who have went from here way over to here, they began to look at themselves as, I am much closer to God than those that seem to be stronger. 
because I don't do this. The problem is, and, and, and we see it all around us, that going from paganism to Phariseeism, going from I know this is wrong and God saved me out of this to going over here and saying, thank God I'm not as those that do this way. And, and that's where those that are the stronger in the faith need to receive them and work with them. Although they're, like I said, although many times they come with all kinds of hang-ups. Work with them and begin to show them that liberty in Christ began to show them that rest that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I talked with someone yesterday, <clears throat> yesterday afternoon, talked with them for quite a while. Someone that grew up around the same period of time I did. Someone that grew up the same way that I grew up. Grew up around the same religious activity that I grew up around. And I began to talk to them and our conversation led into the rest that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Led into the religious liberty that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know how it is for you. Well, I, I take that back. Uh, most, <laughs> at least I guess half and half, we grew up about the same time. We were around the same thing. The mentality in Christendom when I was coming up as a young preacher, the mentality was, if the preacher says it, we just do it. And, and there wasn't a problem with that. There wasn't difficulty with that. We just, we just took the preacher at his word because he was preaching the word of God. We just took him at his word and we just did that. But that's not the mentality of the generation that is now. The mentality of the generation that is now is why? They're going to ask you the question, why? And your answer can't be because the preacher said your answer needs to be, this is what the scriptures say. And I found in my own life, and I found in the life of others, because we just took things at face value, and we just did what we did, a lot of that group fell into Phariseeism. Why? Because it was, I don't do this. I don't go here. I don't dress this way. I spit white. I talk right. I walk right. And we got lifted up in ourselves. Rather than being lifted up in Christ. How are we lifted up in Christ? We're lifted up in Christ by finding rest in Christ. And we find rest in Christ when we understand the religious liberties that you and I have in the Lord Jesus Christ.
I, I said in opening, and I, I, I don't know any other way to explain it, except there is a greater rest in my soul than I have ever experienced in my life because I see in Scripture, everywhere in Scripture, I see that rest in Christ. Uh, and, and in light of that, we are commanded to recognize they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're commanded also or cautioned that we are to receive them as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And not only those, but we are also challenged to respect our Christian brother. We can, we can, if, if we are truly stronger in the Lord because we see that Christian liberty we have, because we see that rest that is in Christ, because we understand it is all of Christ and none of us, because we recognize that not only our salvation but our sanctification and, and everything is dependent upon God and not dependent upon us. In fact, I told someone not too long ago, we were talking and I told them because they were talking about every time when I talked to them and talked to them about resting in Christ, the answer was, but what about this? But what about this? And they always went back to a scripture that seemed to be a scripture of mandates. When all of Scripture, when you begin to see the rest that you have in Christ, all of Scripture will lead you to Christ. It will lead you to rest in Christ. Just like this passage of Scripture, if we were to take these four verses and not understand the context of everything that Paul's saying, we would take these and we would mandate some things. We would say, okay, you're mature and you're not mature. You're, you're, have grown in the Lord and you're still a novice. And we would start to categorize everyone. And when we do that, what we end up having a tendency to do is we place one here and one here. And that's, that's not what God wants for the children of God. What does the scripture tell us? It says, how blessed it is when brethren what dwell together in unity. We dwell together in unity not because we're, we're just so acclimated to each other. We dwell together in unity for one reason. Because we are unified in Christ. We're not dwelling together in unity because, I mean, I'm, I, uh, I'm not dwelling together in unity with Brother Charles because I decided to shave my head. I'm dwelling together in unity with Brother Charles because he and I are in the same place. We're in Christ. Doesn't matter when we got saved. 
Doesn't matter what age we were when we got saved. Doesn't matter what our backgrounds are. Doesn't matter what went on before we got saved. What matters is we are in Christ. And we have unity there. And that's what Paul's trying to get us to see. Uh, we need to understand that we're challenged to respect a Christian brother. We're we're not looking down on someone who we know may not be as strong as we are in the faith. If we look at things that way, then we have entered ourselves into Phariseeism. Because we've lifted ourselves up to here and we've placed them here. And that's not where we're at. And I know this is a cliche, but the ground is level at the cross. There are no big eyes and little U's. <laughs> Your righteousness was just as filthy as mine was. My righteousness was just as filthy as yours. It is only the righteousness of Christ that availed to anything in either one of our lives. So therefore, we're on level ground. This dear brother over here may not know what you know. So we are, we are taught in Scripture to and challenged in Scripture that we are to respect them and teach them those things that they do not know. What does Paul say in the book of Timothy? He said, the things that we've been taught, the things that we've been shown, the things that we've been given, what are we to do? We're to pass those on to other men. And in the case of ladies, you're to pass that on to other ladies. Why? So that we all are on common ground in the Lord Jesus Christ. So even in this scripture, where there seems to be two categories, where we're where I would have looked at this scripture five, six years ago, I would have looked at this scripture and seen a division between. Now I don't. Why? Because we're all level in Christ. Some may have gotten there before you and still don't know what you know. That does not make you better than them. And that's where Paul, what Paul's trying to tell us. That although they don't understand their liberty they have in Christ, although they don't understand the, the, the freedom, the rest they have in the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't look down on that. You respect them. And, and in respecting them... You're talking about Scripture and God uses that Scripture like we said this morning. He uses His truth to sanctify us. And if God did not use the truth that others helped you with, you would be where they are. Uh, and, and, so, and there again, I don't know how to... I don't know how to say everything that I'm saying without still having a tendency to have divides, but there is no division between brothers and sisters in Christ. There is nothing, there's nothing I can do, or there's nothing that I can not do, 
that would gain me any more acceptance before God? Nothing. I am, a, I am as accepted in the beloved as I'm ever going to be because my acceptance in the beloved is because of Christ and not me. And because of that, I am just as accepted as anyone else and you're just as accepted as anyone else. And therefore, we should respect each other in that aspect that the ground is level where we are because we are in Christ. We're commanded to recognize our Christian brother. We're cautioned to receive our Christian brother. We're challenged to respect our Christian brother. And then Paul gives us, if you will, he gives us two thoughts that will help us in this area of of recognizing, of receiving, and uh, as of respecting. He gives us two things here. In verse number 3, he tells us, Let him not eat that, that, or let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. It is God who hath received both. Whether a professing believer agrees with us or not, it is not the issue. Uh, whether convictions that he may hold would be that that we would hold or vice versa, that is not the issue. You and I are to respect the principles of our Christian brethren. There was an instance when I was in Bible college, and, and Angie will recall this when I mention it. We had went out with another couple. If I called the couple's name, you would know who they are, but I'm not going to. I had a strong belief at the time that you just didn't gamble. And there was a lot of things in my, in my early years as a young Christian that I considered gambling. It wasn't just if you went down and played the horses. It wasn't just if you went and played the lottery. At that time, Brother Charles, I was, I was so young in Christ and so young in my liberties in Christ, I didn't play bingo because that's gambling. I didn't think you should play the stock market because that was gambling. I mean, I was, there was a line right here and I was going to tow that line. And because of that, I didn't even think when I went to play putt-putt and I got a hole-in-one on the 18th hole, I didn't even go get a gift certificate to get another game because I thought that was gambling. Now, you look at me now and say, that man, that was foolish, but that's where I was. That's where I was in my walk and in my stand for Christ. 
Angie and I had went out with another couple there in Bible college, and, and we went to play putt-putt. Well, it just so happened, guess who got a hole-in-one on the 18th hole? And the other guy, the, the other preacher that was there with me, and like I said, if I called his name, you'd know who he was because he's, he's in this area. But, but he and I are friends. But anyway, uh, he said, man, go get your free game. And I stood my ground because to me that was gambling. I understand now that I was the weaker brother. I was the one that did not understand my liberties in Christ. But this dear brother tried to persuade me I need to go get that. And for me to think the way I was thinking was just stupid. And finally, my wife spoke up and said, leave him alone. <laughs> that's the way he believes, leave him alone. I said, yeah, that's my wife. But, <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is this. That, when I look back on it now, was foolish. It's crazy. But that's where I was. And in light of that, we need to understand that we're to respect that brother, but respect those principles. It may be the, foolish, the most foolish thing you've ever heard of, but respect those principles. And you can win them to their liberties in Christ a whole lot better with respecting their principles than telling them how much of an idiot they are by believing what they believe. So understand that you and I need not only to respect that brother in Christ, but we need to respect the principles they have. And what Paul was telling them here, he said, they don't understand that that meat is just meat. There's nothing, there's nothing sanctified about that meat. There's nothing that changed just because somebody did something different with it. It would be almost like me saying, I'm not going to eat that meat because they put a cinnamon rub on it instead of putting a vinegar rub on it. Uh, it it's, what I'm trying to get at is respect those principles. And in respecting those principles, you may walk away and you may think when you get back home that that's the stupidest thing you ever heard of in your life. You may think that there's no scriptural principle to that. But work with that brother in Christ. Respect that brother in Christ. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes, to be honest with you, when you and I who understand our rest in Christ, you and I who understand the liberties that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we look out at others who look at themselves as being stronger in the faith, but they are so bound up in Phariseeism and they're so wound up and I don't do this and I don't go here and I don't and I do this and I, I, I do this at church and I do and, and you look around at that and you think that's the craziest thing. Just if you could ever find that rest. But they're not gonna find that rest with us who are stronger in the faith, looking at them saying, you know, that's just stupid respecting their principles, respecting what they're saying, while at the same time 
understanding that you have those liberties. But Paul said, just because I have that liberty, he said, he said all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. We can do these things, but it's not expedient sometimes to do them. Look at the rest that we have in Christ, and if the rest that we have in Christ is going to cause a brother to fall, then we're to lay that aside and work around that. That doesn't mean that you can't do it over here sometime later. Just at that period of time, Paul said... If, if eating meat offend my brother, I'll eat no more meat. Why? Because Paul's concern was the growth of the child of God in the grace of God. And that's what Paul's trying to get us to see even here. Um, we, we, we don't need to say because they, they feel that way that they're no account. But work with them. And show them what you've seen from Scripture. And, and I wouldn't say necessarily show them right now. But over time, in the back of your mind, kind of file that back there. And, and when you're going across something in Scripture, you can, you can say, man, I saw this in Scripture. I saw this in the Word of God. And God can use His truth, as we saw this morning, to sanctify His children. And God will use that. We need not only to respect their principle, but we need to also respect their position. Look at what he says in verse number 4, and I'll be done. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Who is our master? Is it not Christ? Are we not in Christ? Are we not supposed to be obedient to Christ? So, you and I recognize by what we've already said, we recognize that we're all in Christ on level ground. We did not... If we brought anything into Christ... I would search to whether or not we were there. We didn't bring anything into Christ except a wretched, vile, unrighteous, depraved sinner. That's all we brought. Doesn't matter if we were the best looking person in town that had all of our ducks in a row, we obeyed all the laws, we went to church, we paid our tithes, we did everything we were supposed to do. We still entered into Christ, a depraved sinner, unrighteous. It was His righteousness placed upon us. And in light of that, respect that principle they have, respect that position they have, the whole idea of this verse is, is that we're of God. We're in Christ. You and I did not save this brother. You and I are not keeping this brother. 
You and I don't lead him, and he does not answer to us. He answers to the Lord Jesus Christ. And while there may be some things that may be okay for some, it may not be okay for others. And the Lord deals with us individually in that way. There may be some places I can go that will not affect me. Where my brother may go and cause him to fall. There may be some things I may do that will not affect me. But where my brother may do that and it may cause him to fall. So understand that we didn't save our brother, nor did he save us. We didn't, we're not keeping our brother, nor is he keeping us. But we are to be a benefit one to another. We're to lift each other up. And what are we to lift each other up in? Our most holy faith. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we don't need those foolish judgments on each other. And we don't need to look at anybody else. We don't need to look at those around us who may not be in church as much as we're in church and condemn them because they're not in church. We need to be there to help them, to aid them. And there may be some things that we may be wrong in, they may be able to help us in. Understanding that we're in Christ and understanding that it is Christ and it is Christ alone who sanctifies us, who sanctifies our brothers and sisters in Christ and work with one another in light of those things. There is a sense in which we are all accountable to each other. I'm not... I'm not saying that there's not. We are accountable to each other. However, in this matter of dealing with things that are not clearly defined in Scripture or the Bible given us in clear vision of what's, what Scripture is, if we don't see it in Scripture that it is right or that it is wrong, understand that you and our brother in Christ is accountable to one person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not accountable to us. We're not accountable to them. Understand that we don't need to be a stumbling block to our brother, but at the same time understand that we have those liberties and that rest in Christ that we have. And understand that once, once you let another brother see that they have those liberties in Christ, they may thank you for working with them and showing them that liberty. I'll give you this and I, I promise I'm done. The gentleman I was talking to yesterday once I began talking about our rest in Christ, 
the other side of the phone got silent. And probably for about 15 minutes, Brother Charles, I talked to him about our rest in Christ and how that it's all of Christ and none of us. And his reply when he answered back on the phone was, Wow. I wished I could have seen that years ago. And it's amazing how many people don't understand the rest that we have in Christ. And even his statement in before we got off the phone, even his statement to me then was, I hear what you're saying, but all this other stuff is so ingrained in me. I hear it, I see it, I believe it, but I'll have to be reminded of it. And that's the reason that we come together like we do, is to remind ourselves. If I don't remind myself every day of the liberties that I have in Christ, the freedom I have in Christ, the rest I have in Christ, if I don't remind myself every day of that, I'll start heading back toward Phariseeism and, and thinking I'm doing something or thinking I'm accomplishing something. But understand that even in this scripture, we can see Christ and we, we can see the rest that Christ has for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity.